0: Thanks for joining us today on the Centerpoint podcast coming from the Loft on Main in Danville, Kentucky. For more information, check us out at centerpointdanville.com. Every day I do the same thing. Hit the gym, mainly to check out the hot guy in blue. Go to work, blah, blah, blah. Have a few drinks with my girls. Go home, read Fifty Shades of Whatever. Kiss my husband goodnight, go to sleep, and dream of Channing Tatum. Every day, the same thing. Lust after the hot guy, blah, blah, blah. A few drinks, 50 shades, kiss my husband goodnight, dream of Channing Tatum. Lust, drinks, 50 shades, Channing Tatum. Lust, drinks, 50 shades, Channing Tatum. You think these sins are avoidable? If you ask me, I think they're absolutely necessary. Well, good morning, and I'm glad you're here. I mean, man, are you kidding me? That's some awesome worship. Give it up for that team, man, leading us this morning. It, I love worship. Worship, it just sets the stage for what's to come, and so I pray you're ready. Uh, Trevor said have ears to hear, so... I pray that your ears were ready. If you're new with us, uh, you could not have picked a better Sunday, and I'll tell you why in a minute, uh, but, but if you are decided to walk out here in a second, I'll completely understand, because now is your chance. We're getting ready to, to be tackle a very challenging uh, subject that could be touchy, but we're just gonna ask for the, uh, the presence of grace to be upon us this morning as we deal with this, this huge subject. We're in week three of Necessary Sins. And and, and if you're curious uh, where we have been, I would encourage you to go to our podcast or go to iTunes uh, or go to our website and just sort of catch up. That way you have an idea of where we've been. We we went through, you know, lying, we went to gossip. uh, And so, but the quickest quickest, uh, and easiest way to just sort of describe it is a necessary sin is something we believe to be okay because of our culture that surrounds us says it's okay. That's the quickest quickest way. that's a silly word, but that's what my daughter says, quickiest. So we're going to use the word quickiest this morning. Um, we are all stealing. You know, we, we sort of go down this road of, of sins, and we say, hey, stealing's wrong, murder's wrong, rape's wrong. But when it comes to lying, gossip, or lusting, or other things, or being angry, uh, we just sort of put them in their own category, and we say, you yeah, know, it's just part of life. It's who I am. It's what I do. It's necessary, part of how I function. Uh, and we say, it's Okay. Um, But the big question is, is how does Christ, how does God view them? You know, how does he see them? Even though our world around us says it's okay, even though our parents say, you know, that's just the way you're raised, uh, even though our neighbors do it, how does God view it? And that should be challenging enough for us to raise the question, or at least raise the bar. And I believe, I believe this, I believe it breaks the heart of Jesus uh, that we have distorted the truth. And, and, and the real truth, you know, we've learned over the past couple of weeks, the real truth it, it, in Christ, say it with me, church, it will what? Set you, free. man, somebody has been listening. So y'all get the A choir right here. They, they've been paying attention. Yeah, the truth will set you free. And so I pray today as we sort of tackle, tackle this huge subject that the truth eventually sets you free. And before we jump into this, I just want to talk about where we're going. Uh, do you know anybody who gets really angry all the time? I mean, no one's putting their hand up, do you, no one. so everybody's really good. So next week is a horrible sermon. We might want to scratch that one. But if you do know of someone who gets angry all the time or doesn't know how to deal with anger or angst or, you know, just controlling yourself, you know, next week is election week. So it might be a good week to be here because you might be just so angry at those, those Republicans. You just can't stand them anymore. Or those Democrats, you know, and for the people in the middle, make a mind. Make your choice. Come on, somebody. you know, you're just, But you're angry. You're angry. Hey, next Next week would be a great week and I pray that healing takes place up here next week because I believe anger is a huge subject we just allow it to be a part of us and we don't really deal with it but I pray freedom comes from Christ and how we're heading in the direction of where we're going next week but over the past three weeks now We've started off by reading the Psalms written by King David. And if you got your word, it's Psalms 139. Uh, we've just sort of tackled this head on. The, uh, this is a very, very powerful prayer that David pray, prayed. He's a man after God's own heart, and he prayed this prayer to sort of allow him to search his own heart. Not everybody else's, but he was looking at himself. And so if it's on behind me this week, we, we, yes, we have it this week. So that's a huge praise. Uh, we prayed over that this morning. Hey, but it says this, say it with me, church, say it with me. Search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Keep going. See if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the way of everlasting. You know, as we just sort of begin, before we even sort of tackle the subject we're going to dive into, how's your heart? How's your heart this week? You search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there's any offensive way in me and lead me to the way of everlasting. You see, the necessary sin I wanna talk to you about today is the sin of sexual lust. And this is an issue that really concerns me in our current culture. And I I believe, I believe firmly that that it hurts God as well. Lust is, is just a huge thing that we have to deal with in our, in our culture. It's everywhere. It's, it's, sa- it's saddening. It's overwhelming. Um, and, and, and lust is basically this way. It's, it's a sudden, overwhelming desire that, that somehow the, you know inside you is bad, but you gravitate towards it. You move past the point of no return. And in our current culture, uh, lust has become sort of an icon for us our culture has taken lust and made it not that big of a deal. It's just, it just is okay to be lusting, especially if you don't act on it, right? You know, if you don't pursue it, it just, if you just lust, it's okay. But internally, it's doing something that's very, very dangerous. Most people would say that men really struggle with it. And I would say that men do struggle with it or are easily tempted more. But I would also say that this is not just a man thing. It's a human being thing. And women, teens, kids are hooked as well into this lure of lust. And in fact, Christian studies have shown that, uh, that about one in six women struggle with pornography. And this number, number continues to climb because of our culture saying it's okay, 50 shades of gray. You know, it is a number one movie there a couple years ago, and, and, and our culture just said, oh, it's okay. And, and I know some of you might have even went and watched it. I am not condemning, I'm not judging. I'm just asking a simple question, wh- why? What, what was the lure? What was the enticement? Or Magic Mike, you know, what's the enticement? You know, some of you cover up country music songs and you say, Man, it's a good song. I love this song. You don't love that song. You just like him. He's good looking. Come on, be honest. He's eye candy. That's what I was told this week, by the way. Not me. Not me. But. <laughs> man, I open my mouth way too much and in insert foot. But. I was sitting in the doctor's office and my wife was talking to the nurse and the nurse walks in and says, oh yeah, that doctor is eye candy. And I went, I'm right here. I am sitting right here. And I'm just sitting there going, man, it's just okay to talk about things. It's just okay to naturally, in front of the husband, you know? I'm like, what am I, liver? You know, I mean, I guess that's what happens when you go old, you get bald and you just, you know, it is what it is. But hey, I know this. Women struggle with it, but I also know, according to those studies, that uh, they believe that over 50% of men struggle with this too. They struggle with addiction to porn, and it's, and it's fed, it's fed, it's fueled by lustful desires at a young age. And if you have children if you have children, you need to pay attention to this. From the ages of 12 to 17, this, this group of people are using pornography at an alarming rate because they believe it's okay because culture says it's okay. It's a part of their, 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 their neighborhood, their, their culture that they live in. If this does not grab your attention, if this does not grab your attention, then I don't know what will. This is a huge issue within our teens right now, even some of the people that we deal with here in the loft. My son is nine years of age. He's not a teen yet, so I can still throw the hammer down. But he loves Minecraft, okay? Minecraft. And it's if you don't know what it is, I don't really understand it, but it's just, it's a video game that you just, it's just weird. You know, I, I enjoy Astro and Pac-Man, but they, they, they love Minecraft. And, and ours is not connected to the internet yet. It's just on the disc and you can slide it in. And, and, and we allow him sometimes to view Minecraft on the internet or YouTube, and, and, and literally over the past two weeks, my mind has been blown away. While doing some research, I have found out that they have created groups or mods, as they call them, groups of people who actually create these other worlds of Minecraft, and one of them, believe it or not, creates sex rooms in these kids' games, these kid-friendly games. And out of curiosity, of course, I went and investigated. Let's just say this, Victoria's Secret truly has a secret compared to what's happening in Minecraft. I mean, it's fully exposed. And if you're not paying attention, parents, I'm telling you, it'll sneak in your room quickly. It'll get your child, and it will pull them in, and they'll ask questions that you're not ready to answer. And you'll say, who taught you that? You just blame it on school. You'll blame it on the teacher. You'll blame it on the pastor, you know? You'll blame it on somebody, but it's in your room. It's on your video game. I mean, alarms went off in my brain, and I was ready to chuck Minecraft to the garbage can, Uh, but I I just realized it's really not Minecraft. It is as much as the father of all lies attacking my family. He's coming after us because he knows I got a nine-year-old boy that's on the urge of becoming a teenager, Let me tell you why I'm concerned. There are really a couple of reasons, but first, because of the access to that which leads or feeds our sexual lust has never been ever higher than it has been in our current culture. I mean, you take any type of mobile device and you can get into anything and anytime, anywhere, anyhow that you could ever want to right now, even inside the loft. Some of you might even be looking at it right now. Just been hitting the like button. I mean, what's acceptable on TV now, just in prime time, you know, just years ago, literally 10 years ago, would have been considered shameful. It wasn't even thought of 20 years ago. We were still leave it to Beaver. I mean, seriously. You know, Andy Griffith. Now we're, it's crazy to begin to think about some of the things that are on TV. And I'm not going to name the shows. You know them. And a lot of people would argue, what I'm doing is not hurting anyone. I'm just watching a show. I, I love this show. I love watching this. And I, you know, I'm in my own room. I, I mean, no one really knows about it. This is just who I am. This is, my, this is my guilty pleasure. This is just what I do for past time. I'm not hurting anyone. With that one more click in the bedroom, on the internet, just that one more Instagram page or that one more Snapchat or Periscope, the view, or maybe you take it up a notch and you begin to act on it. I'm not hurting anyone, but then all of a sudden you start to sext or you view a sext. If you don't know what a sext is, it's when you take a text message and you're actually taking a sext a sex picture of something. It's kind of weird. I don't know who created that one, but it's just weird. Even if I Google it, you know, I can clear the history box on the side. I know how to take care of it. It's going to be okay because no one really cares. It's just me, right? Here's the problem with that. If you're a Christ follower, lean in, listen, 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 listen. If you're a Christ follower, you got some huge issues with that. And if you're not, and you're not a Christ follower, you, you get a pass this morning, and I'm gonna give you the hall pass, and you can leave right now. And, and, but I just pray that you don't, because I pray that you start to listen, because I promise this could make your life so much better. And if you are Christians, that this, this could change everything if you put this principle into application And those who are not, you could put it into application as well, and it could change your life. Christians, if we claim to follow him, if we truly claim to follow him, then I believe we have to take the words of Jesus very seriously and not just half-heartedly or just something to put on the walls. It's so funny. We put a lot of things on the walls, but, man, we do not do them down the halls. We put a lot of words everywhere, but we do not follow them out day to day. It's just one of those things We're glad we can say them. And in Matthew 5, Matthew 5, verse 27 and 29, Jesus is very clear on what he's talking about. And he says this specifically in verse 27. He says, have you heard that it was said, meaning it was said a long time ago. He's basically pulling out the law of Moses and he's going after it. He's chasing after it. He's quoting this scripture. He says, you shall not, what, commit adultery. Now, everybody knows what that is, right? I mean, people almost got stoned. Well, they still get stoned today in certain parts of the world. And and unfortunately, people get stoned here in churches too, by the way. We just don't use rocks. We just use words. You see, Jesus was leveraging the word of God to be able to expose the truth and and raise the bar. He's, He's saying, hey, look, this is real stuff. This is where it needs to be. But if you're gonna follow me, we're not just gonna do here, we're gonna take it another notch up. We're gonna, we need to go here, not just stay here. This is easy for some of you. But he says this in verse 28. But I tell you that if anyone who looks at a woman lustfully has already committed adultery with her in his, where? Yeah. Where your heart is, your treasure is. And some of us it, just treasure looking and just, uh, it's eye candy. It's just a country song. It's just this, it's just that, it's just a click. You know, I, I'm serious about this and Jesus is serious about this. I love what he continues on and he says this in verse 29. He says, if you got an issue, if you stumble, You need to do something. It says exactly, if your right eye causes you to stumble, then gouge it out and throw it away. Now, that's taking Halloween to a whole new level. (laughs) I mean, you don't have to go to Walmart and buy the little pack. I mean, you can just do it at your own kitchen table, and it's going to feel awkward and feel really weird. But Jesus said it. Now then, you need to look as we start to look into this and, and start to understand the lustful moment is equal to committing adultery in your heart. And if you're a follower of Jesus, you have to agree that surrendering, surrendering to the natural sinful desires of lust is wrong. It's just completely wrong. And, and not only is it wrong, according to James, it's very, very, very dangerous. James, the brother of Jesus, Said this in James chapter 1, verse 14. James chapter 1, verse 14, he said this. He says, Temptation comes from what? Our own desires. Which what? What do they do? Let's say this together. Which entices us, which entices us or tempts us when they are what? Dragged away by their own evil desires. It is Amazing what takes place when we start to fool around with this lustful candy, which entices us and drags us away. The desire gives birth to sinful actions and sin when it is allowed to grow. In other words, when it's not confessed, when when it's not brought out to the public, when you don't turn your eyes from it, it gives birth to death. It will kill you. It will swallow you up and eat you whole. You may be asking, death to what? Well, let me just put it in simply this terms. Death to purity. Death to intimacy. Death to trusting your partner. Death to a relationship. Death in everything that we know that is spiritually whole. When this grows into action and it goes unchecked or confessed, it can lead you down the road of lusting, which dumps into action. And if you don't believe me, just stay on this slippery road for a little bit longer and watch where you end up. You'll be broken. You'll be hurting and alone. Here's the crazy part. This word entice, this word entice, this word comes from from a fishing term. And and, and I love the fish, and and I brought some fishing baits with me this morning. Um, And and these things are amazing in in their own right, Um, but they're very dangerous, especially to me some days. Um, And and it's it's crazy how these things work. Um, And I've seen seen fish literally jump out of the water uh, to try to get a a bait. Um, And some fish literally, um, they, they, will follow this bait, you know, they'll just follow it. Cause it it sounds kind of neat. They're just trying to figure out what it is doing. Some of it just like look cause it looks pretty. Some of it just, they like it cause the way I like it and how I'm a fisherman. And if you know how to wiggle your bait, the people, it just, it, the fish would attract to it. It's just a natural part of it. it. It is crazy what takes place underwater. And this thing underwater, it shakes and you can hear, I mean, for miles away. I mean, you, fish can zone in on it, and just like there's something going on over there, and they just turn their heads. And the next thing you know, it it, it lures them in. It entices them. And, and, and I imagine this bait leads us in the same way to spiritual, there's a spiritual enemy bait. And you just, you sort of look at it and you say, oh, that, that looks good. And it just keeps on shaking. You turn your head, eh. What, what are they doing over there? It just looks different. It's just, it's just kind of shiny. It looks different. My wife doesn't look like that. That's, that's different. And the next thing you know, just, your eyes are so fixed on that. You're not fixed on anything else. Just because the way it sounds, the way it looks. And then all of a sudden, we, we go after it because we get bored of just what we're watching or being a part of. It entices us to action, and then we're hooked dragged away you see the greek word that's translated as entice is the word delezio. and it means to entrap or to allure and to entice or hook now the question today is how are you hooked and i'm going to to guess no one wants to raise their hands today and say you know i'm i'm hooked because the truth is we've all been enticed some of us are really hooked this morning. and others have been completely dragged away. Really quickly, I wanna expose the hook so we, we can begin to, to take some steps towards healing today. And I believe for some of us, we have been exposed to sexual impurity. For some of us, we've been exposed to sexual impurity. As a child, maybe you had a friend come over and play doctor with you and expose things they probably should not have. Maybe growing up, uh, a grown-up exposed themselves to you, and you can't shake that image. And maybe they actually, you know, did something to you, and they ruined the trust that you have today in people. Or, or maybe it's just walking in the mall, and we mentioned Victoria's Secret. It's it's it's, it's a national chain. It's in the mall uh, or other stores, and it could be, it could be a pop-up ad on the internet, and just clicking out of curiosity. Or maybe it's a book. Maybe it's a magazine, Playboy. For me, I remember in college, while I was in the dorm rooms, I walked into a, a room of guys uh, trying to play cool, asking what was going on. And, and, and man, do I ever wish I would never walked in that room. There was on the, on the, on the TV, they were, they were watching. Uh, back in the day, it was video cassette tapes. It was not, you know, a VHS player. It was not DVD, but they had, a, and I was like, what's going on, what's going on? And then I was like, whoa, what's going on? Now, I had the chance to run out of the room, but I wanted to look what? Cool. And just, oh, wow, oh. Today, I still have those images stored in my brain, and I can't get them out. My mind was pure, and suddenly my mind was polluted. You see, you were innocent once, and then you were wounded. You were exposed And something in your thought process is no longer the same. You were exposed to some impurity along the way and then you sustained an injury in the mind and it's hurt you. And the next thing, you're exposed completely. You're injured and then you're confused. And if you're like a lot of people, you simultaneously feel the sense of enjoyment and shame at the same time. But I like this, but I feel guilty. And then you go to church and you can't even focus at all. It's because you sustain a mental injury. You sustain a mental injury. You're like, I don't know, is it right or is it wrong? I'm not hurting anybody, but I'm just, I just, I don't know. But now you become sexually conflicted, simultaneously feeling the enjoyment and shame. The apostle Paul writes very clearly about this in Romans chapter seven, verse 15 and 17. This is what he says. I do not understand what I do for what I do do, to do, I do not do. But what I hate is what I do. And if I do what I do not want to do, I agree that the law is good. As it is, it is no longer I myself who do it, but it's the sin living in me. Because you're enjoying it and you begin feeling guilty, most of us begin to justify it we actually become skilled at justifying it. Well, I probably shouldn't do it, but it's because I'm single and it just doesn't matter. This just kind of helps me get through the things of where I'm at because I'm single. While I'm single, seriously, it's just because I'm single. I'm not hurting anybody. And for those who married, I'm not gonna leave you out. You're married and you think, if my spouse met my needs... I wouldn't have to do this. And so since he or she doesn't, this'll be okay, right? It's just a flirt, it's just eye candy, it's just a song. It's just an office trip that went terribly wrong. It's just a private meeting. It's just kind of how I cope with things at home and stay sexually healthy. And you tell yourself these lies And you hope and pray, no one finds out. And then sometimes you come to church and you feel like the preachers found out some type of gossip about you. And you get convicted by the Holy Spirit and you make this huge promise to God, God, I'll never do this again. I'm living it here at the altar. I promise. I'm never gonna do it again. I'm never gonna hit click again. I'm deleting Snapchat today. But where do you find yourself four days later? Four days later, you know, it's almost like this fishing bait. It just keeps on shaking. And your eyes already know what it looks like. And for some of you, you know what it tastes like. And it hooked you. And it's dragging you away. And you're going to find yourself hooked again, doing it over and over And for some of you, you thought marriage would fix this problem. You thought marriage would fix the lust problem, but what you found out, it didn't. The damage of the brain has already hurt you, and you don't have a love problem or a passion problem for your wife. You're dealing with something, something so much more that entices you from the inside, and it has hooked you for years, years, and you're in a constant battle with the father of all lies, trying to figure out how to quit this enticement and how you can quit being drugged down or pulled in and being hooked. Being in the position that I'm in As a pastor, I've had people confess things to me that would catch me off guard. But now I have come to the realization that the father of all lies wants nothing more than to drag every single person in this room today down and out. And no one is off limits. Some of the people in this room have confessed to me, men, Pulling me aside and telling me they're living a double life. Secretly viewing porn, lusting after every woman that comes, staring at their breast, guessing what's underneath. Women confessing to me that they are overwhelmed by something holding them hostage in life and it's viewing porn online or their cell phones. And because they think that they are not pretty enough, they are enticed. enough to act out a sexual behavior that only dragged them down even farther? Teenage boys coming and confessing to me that they watch porn on their cell phones daily. They hide it from their parents because they know how to do it. Because something in their minds cannot shut it down. They are thinking about it with every living moment because it's all around them. Even teenage girls confessing they are exploring girl-on-girl behavior because they are curious. And everyone else is saying it's okay. So they did it. But why did they do it? Why did they decide to come to me and explain this in detail? And I would say this, because the power of the Holy Spirit's at work when we're in the light. When we start to gather in the light, man, there's no more darkness but they're feeling ashamed, they're feeling remorseful, they're feeling sorrow. You can hear the pain and angst or the hurt or the guilt and the sin. So the question now we have to ask is, are we going to just say this is a necessary sin in our culture, or do we believe that Jesus says it's actually wrong and dangerous for us to go down this lustful road? If we follow what he says, it allows us the opportunity to feel the freedom that he can provide. Here's the truth, every fish that I have ever caught, the one thing is common, the fish that fights gets away. Did you hear that, people? The fish that decides to fight gets away, meaning the one fish that wraps around the stump and says, I ain't moving anymore, I'm not being drugged in, I will eventually pull this so hard I jerk it out of his mouth, and he goes off free. The one that just doesn't give up, he keeps on coming to the boat, he pulls away even farther. Eventually, I do something that causes the, 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 the lure to get flung out of his mouth, and then I'm mad in the boat. I'm throwing my fishing rods, I'm, I'm so mad, and then I talk about the one that got away. You know, I'm a lying, and so it's a necessary sin. It's a, it's, a, it's a fisherman thing, you know. So, you know, I got some work. I'm not perfect, not a perfect pastor, but here's an issue. The one that fights, the one that stands up and says enough's enough, but I'm telling you, Are you ready to do it? Are you ready to go down that road and say, I'm ready to fight? I wanna wanna tell you to fight. Fight with everything in you. One way we can do this is healing from the lustful wound is to fight it. We can do this by protecting our wound. Protecting the wound. Seriously, we need to protect the wound. When I was in high school, in college, I went to Canada to fish every single year. And one of the trips, you know, when we was up there, my, 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 my. My papa, he was called kind my of a papa gem. Uh He really wasn't my papa, but he sort of adopted me in the way. But he taught me how to fish, and, and his son, Butch, you know, we went fishing, and, and they, they played these little games on me. This is about half-inch, a uh, rattles trap, and we would throw them out as far as we can with our fishing lure, and we would see we could reel them up faster. And so I got, I got a heavier one because I wanted to cheat. I was a kid, you know, and so, you know, I wanted to win. And so literally, I whipped that thing so far back, and I slung it, and when it came back, it went shoo-boom, it hooked me right there. The interesting thing about this storyline is, when it went in, it hurt, and it hurt bad. And, and Jim just looked at me and said, "Well, you learned your lesson not to cheat, didn't you?" You know, I was like, "But there's a hook in my body, and it's not supposed to be there." And there was no good way to get this out. Butch is sitting there trying to push it back out. But if you notice on all these fishing bait, there's a barb. It does not want to come out. It does not. It is. It is. It is hooked. And it hooked me and it had me good. And so Jim said the only way to out is to cut it off and what? Push it on through. And so here I am, screaming in the middle of a lake called Echo Lake, and I was literally echoing, echoing, hurt, hurt. It was echoing everywhere. It's a horrible joke. But it was hurting me so bad, and now I have a scar to prove it. And if you look at it, there is an F. For fishing, not for fishing, epic failure is what it stands for. And I have it branded on my hand for the rest of my life. And a lot of us have been wounded by a lure. And you gotta protect the wound. I don't even think my mom knew about that story, but the truth is Papa Jim and Butch uh, cared enough about me to, to say, listen, we gotta protect the wound the rest of the time, you gotta protect the wound. And so I wasn't even allowed to put my hand in the water. I didn't have to do any of the other chores the rest of the week. Literally, they took care of me. They wrapped it up daily. They poured peroxide on it. They protected the wound. And because they really didn't wanna have to go home and face my mom, that's what it was. That's the truth. I know that for a fact, Uh, but they protected me because they still wanted me to go fishing with them and fishing with them later on. And for some of you, you, you've seen things that have wounded you. You might even have been, been, been in an epic failure moment that has seriously damaged you or seriously hurting you and you're hurt, you're wounded. Did you know that you have a big papa as well? God heals wounds, and you had an injury. Protect it so God can heal it. How do you do it? Psalms 119 says this. Psalms one nineteen nine says this. It's amazing how a thousand years ago, the psalmist asked the same question we're asking today. How can a young man keep his way pure? How can people keep their way pure? Do you find this interesting that it's not just a modern-day question, but it's been one that's been asking for centuries? How can a young man keep his way pure? Say it with me, by living according to what? The word. By living according to his word, by protecting the wound, by guarding your purity, by keeping your distance between you and that which which tempts you. In the New Testament, Jesus really takes it up that notch. And we read this earlier this morning. In Matthew 5, 29, it says, if your right eye causes you to stumble, gouge it out and throw it away, for it's better for you to lose one part of your body for your whole body to be thrown into hell. Now, was Jesus being serious about this or is this an analogy? Because next week there could be a lot of amputees up here. I mean, we just, we, this would be a weird moment for a lot of us. I don't want that to happen, but it's the truth. There could be a lot of one-arm fist bumps. You know, it just looks weird. But I want you to understand something. I truly believe Jesus was speaking life into our lives wanting us to change what we care about by speaking figuratively into your life. you got to do everything you can to stay away from which would harm you. In fact, the Apostle Paul, when he talked about sexual immorality, he did say, fight it. He didn't say, resist it. He didn't say, or excuse me, let me repeat that. He didn't say, fight it. He didn't say, resist it. He did say, flee from it. Hmm. Think about that. 1 Corinthians 6.18, it says, flee from sexual immorality. All other sins a person commits are outside the body, but whoever sins sexually sins against their own body. It says flee from it, run from it. You see it come and go the other direction, meaning don't have certain TV stations on in the house. Some of you need to get rid of Skinamax, otherwise known as Cinemax. HBO After Hours, get rid of it. You know you can't do it alone. Paid per view view events, cancel them, get rid of them, get them out of the house. Take the direct TV dish and throw it down the street, whatever you gotta do. Some of you just need to remove the TV altogether. Be a great thing for your family, who knows? You might have a computer you need to put in the middle of your house. You need to stop hiding what's happening in the closet. You need to limit your apps on your phone, or completely block them, get rid of them. You need to share your passwords with people that you trust, that's not gonna hurt you, or condemn you, but you, that wanna walk with you. You don't need to travel alone. For some of you, you've been traveling alone way too long, and you know exactly what I'm talking about. You need to avoid enabling places that could cause you to be hooked. I don't know if you've ever been to Tennessee lately, but I go there quite often. And when I top Jellico, man, I look over there and I see a thousand cars. And you know where I'm talking about? It just lined up. And the funny thing is, it's right below a big, huge cross. Those guys are just looking for a moment to get away and see something because why? They've been enticed. You gotta imagine what they're feeling as they walk out of that place and look up and see that beautiful huge cross called grace you see you need to be smart you need to be honest and the truth for all of us today is you are only as strong as you are honest did you hear that you are only as strong as you are honest this morning and as we become more honest and as you protect the wound god will heal your mind the next thing and the biggest thing we have to do is overcome lust, is this huge thing. We need to pursue the life of God. We just don't play defense anymore. We play offense with the greatest offensive mind in the universe. His name is Jesus. Now, before we close this out, and as the band comes up here, let's just play a quick game with you. I want you to close your eyes where you're at. Everybody just sort of close your eyes, except the band members, that could be awkward. So close your eyes. Come on, close your eyes, no peeking, I see you. Close your eyes. Now, since it's the fall and everybody, you know, we got some leaves, the colors, and candy. You got your trick-or-treaters. The one thing I do not want you to think about, the one thing I do not want you to think about is caramel-covered apples. I don't want you to think about it. Now, open your eyes. Now, then, why do you see it? Pretty obvious. It's right in front of you. It's behind me on these screens, on two of these huge screens. But the second reason is because I told you not to think about it. Some of you are like, oh yeah, oh man, the the nuts all over, oh, it's got this, And you're just describing it, and your mouth is salivating right now because I said don't think about it. If all you have to say is just don't think about it, the next thing you know, if we say, hey, don't have lustful thoughts, guess where your mind's going? you're going to drag your down self, your, your, yourself really quickly down this road of being hooked and pulled in by the father of all lies. And, and uh, instead of saying, I want you to, you know, instead of saying, I'll, I'll quit it, I'll, I'll, I'll stop doing this, I'll, I'll finish, I won't do it again, I'll, I just want you to say this. I want you to be honest with yourself. I want you to say, I, I'm going to pursue God. I, I, I just don't want to serve him. I, I don't just want to know him. I, I, I want to do something even more. I want him just to be the center of my life. I want him to be everything because I've faked it for a lot of these times. I I, I've, I want him to be my off, offense coach. I just want to play defense anymore. I want to I want to go on the offense. I want to I want him to just be the center of my life, and I can start to point to him and live with him in a way that changes our community. The apostle Paul says this about this subject, real quick. Ephesians four eighteen. He says this about the subject. He says, they are darkened in their understanding and separated from the life of God because the ignorance that is in them due to the hardening of their hearts. You see, it becomes a heart issue. It trickles down to the heart. You can act like you can come up here and serve and you can do all these fun things and you can can love on people, but if there's an impure thing inside your heart, you ain't let the light in, man. You're living in darkness. Settling for a counterfeit of what Jesus has to offer is crazy. You ain't experiencing freedom, you're getting a taste of it on Sundays. The buzz of our current culture is killing us. That one little like, that quick fix or that one thrill, it's just gonna harden your heart. But God has something, He's better, He's more richer, more meaningful for us. And it's through Him that we get to experience grace or the freedom that comes from knowing the truth because the truth sets you free. If you're not married, I hope and pray you honor God and find your future mate through purity. If you're, if you're married, know what intimacy looks like. It develops trust with Christ the center in it's deep. There's peace. There's no fear, there's no guilt, there's no jealousy, there's no shame. It's amazing, it's through knowing Jesus in Christ alone because Jesus makes things better, because he ushers in the light. And so, as we finish, I love what the psalmist said. Psalms 119, how can a young person or a people stay on the path of purity by living according to your word. For some of you, you need to open it up for the first time. Experience the word of God for the first time today. And here's the truth. It's a touchy subject. It's an awkward subject sometimes to speak in in church. And if you're struggling with this, and this is a part of your culture, the beautiful thing that I've learned about struggling is this. If you're struggling, This proves one thing, you have not been defeated yet. If you're struggling with this today, you have not been defeated. The only thing you gotta know is you need Jesus to set you free. So we're gonna sing a song called, Lord I Need You. And this altar, who knows what's getting ready to happen, but I pray one thing, that they come in a way that's ushering in the light of the world set things in motion so they can feel the freedom and if one of you start to look in a condemning way I pray that God can fix your heart if there's a marriage that needs healing I pray they find it here because this is a safe place designed for you so Jesus we pray as we just experience your name that we need you Lord we need you right now in this hour we need you this is a huge subject in our world today and, and a lot of us have just said it's just, it's just a part of our culture, it's just a part of my necessary daily routine to listen to this music or be a part of this culture just to look at this one picture that my friend pulls up. God, if, if we're permitting it, we're promoting it. So God, I just, just convict all of us. Jesus, speak to us now as we just wrap up. I just ask this in your name.